This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a podcast from Joy's jazz show, Bent Notes. Tune in live each Sunday night at joy.org.au. My guest on Bent Notes is an educator and guitarist on the Melbourne scene after graduating from VCA. Her trio's debut album released in 2011 and another album from Fran Swin is due any minute. In addition to performing, Fran is also one of the judges at this year's National Jazz Awards at the Wangaratta Festival of Jazz and Blues. It is my pleasure to bid a very warm Bent Notes welcome to Fran Swin. Welcome, Fran. Hey, how's it going? Thanks very much for having me. When did music become important to you? Oh, that's a good question. I guess as a teenager. What type of music was it that grabbed your attention? Well, I really liked, I really liked songs, you know, uh, pop songs, Beatles songs, things like that. And then it didn't take me too long to get into some really classic 50s and 60s jazz. My dad had a lot of records, which I've I have now. Um, <laughs> I'm very lucky to have a great collection from him. Yeah, so he's a huge Bill Evans fan, Wes Montgomery, Miles Davis and all of that. So I got into that as well. Was your father musical or just enjoyed the music? Well, both. He did actually play guitar as well. Oh, um, right. He played jazz, yeah, in the UK where we're from. But he never really turned professional. But he was he was really good. He, he was just self-taught, but very much modelled after the West Montgomery School oh, of wonderful. Playing. And, um, yeah, he, ha- he hasn't played for a long time. He, you know, I grew up sort of stealing glances at his old guitar up in the storeroom. And, and at what point in your life did you decide that music was to be more than just a hobby? Oh, well, I was probably, um, yeah, maybe sort of 15, 16, something like that. And I got... Yeah, I just, um, I've been playing with some friends and at school and I just really loved it more than anything else, easily more than anything else, certainly <laughs> more than school. So I started to put a lot of time in and I finally got, found a good teacher and yeah, I really started to practice a lot and I, I just really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the work. What support did you look for as you started out on your career there? Was it just your guitar teacher or were there other people who were able to provide some guidance uh, for you as a, an up-and-coming musician? I have been lucky to have some really good guitar teachers and I would they've all been, you know, really good mentors for me. Ashley Cross and Jeff Hughes at the VCA in particular. Yeah, and I still speak to them. I, and I play with Jeff in a band and I still speak to them. We talk all things guitar and, you know, I really still look up to them a lot. I think they've also really heavily influenced not just my playing but how I teach too. I hope so, anyway. Um, I I try and think of them when I'm teaching. I guess the guitar teachers have been the main ones. Uh, Certainly also people like Tony Gould were really important early on when I was at college because he was just a really great teacher and mentor who would, you know, put us on the spot. I really loved that. I mean, it was very uncomfortable at the time, but actually (laughs) it was always, I always, you know, learnt a lot from those experiences. Do students of today have the same or better opportunities than uh, your experience? Oh, God, I don't know. I mean, I think in some ways, I don't know that opportunity. I, I think there are a lot of opportunities out there now, but they have a lot of access. You know, everything's so available with the internet. But I think it's a really different time now. I mean, the world that they're 
coming up in is just so different and they're just exposed to so much more. It was so much, it's so difficult for us to maybe find things in the, compared to what it is now. I mean, I was learning things off tape players and stretch tapes and having to tune my guitar to the tape. To, I mean, <laughs> oh. now you can do all of, you know, now you can play a YouTube video and slow it down to 50%. I mean, I dreamed about that kind of technology as a kid. It was just so difficult to learn things by ear when, you know, when I was young. And then now it's just, it's amazing, the technology. So I think in some ways it's easier, but in other ways it's harder because the world that they live in is, is darker. <laughs> Do you think there's more expectation that they'll jump onto things straight away and not have any challenges? Yes, possibly. I don't want to sound like a grumpy person, a grumpy older person, <laughs> you know, teacher. But yes, of course, that is something we talk about at work, at teaching, that students now maybe not as being as, as resilient. But I, I think maybe we don't always remember how we weren't as resilient ourselves at that time. I, I'm not quite sure because the perception side of things is complex. But I do, I do think that that is a common conversation with teaching that students now, uh, it, it is more difficult for them to stick at things because the access, you know, there's this sense of, well, I read about that or I watched that video, therefore I know it. You know, whereas actually it takes a lot of repetition and a lot of just, um, yeah, routine and all the kind of not very fun stuff sometimes to get the job done. What do you find that your students are looking for when you teach them in, in terms of guidance or direction or perspective and, and how do you get them moving? That's a, good, that's a good question. I think it depends on the student, obviously. I think for my best students that I've had, the ones who I've felt there's been a really good connection and uh, they've come a long way uh, with me, I feel like they're just they're looking for support and sort of understanding. They're looking for someone to tell them that, well, at least I always feel like this is my job, which is just tell them that it, all of the troubles and battles that they're going through are just normal. It's difficult for everybody. It's not because they're lacking talent or some sort of secret knowledge. It is just actually hard work. And I, I think once you sort of take that, give them that piece of information, it, it takes some of the pressure off because I think for young people, they feel like if they don't have understand something straight away they're in some way deficient music is is like that it looks easy it sounds easy but it's actually so difficult i think if people are assured and made to feel comfortable with making mistakes and to learn slowly i think that's a really supportive thing that you can do as a teacher did you find when you were putting your first album together every dog back in 2009 i think it was that you had similar thoughts yourself as to whether whether this album was going to go together? I don't know. I mean, we were pretty lucky because we, Mal Stanley at the ABC recorded that. So it was almost by invitation. And so I didn't have to think too much. And also that was a band that played semi-regularly and we toured after that. So we had repertoire and it was a working unit, if you like, which I think is really different to record music with a working unit as opposed to sort of going in like I'm doing at the moment and recording all new music or with something that is a new ensemble that doesn't have a history or anything like that. Yeah, so I, I, that sort of just came together pretty naturally, actually. And you've got another one on the way. Indeed, yes. Mm, but not with a trio this time, yeah. I believe. It's a quint- no, no, no. It's with a quintet. Yeah, it's, yeah I, I should say there are actually people who I have played with for a long time on and off, but Sam Keevers is playing piano on it, who I really love playing with, and he's just a fantastic listening musician. Sam Manning is playing bass and also helped me produce the record. So he's been really involved in this sort of all the creation of it. 
and really helpful and amazing. Rajiv Jaywira playing drums, which who I went to college with actually, so I've known him for a long time. And Josh Kyle is singing on it. Oh, what so, a wonderful ensemble! Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think it is. Is that the ensemble we're going to see you with in Wangaratta? Indeed, yeah, that's we're going to be playing there, and all going well, we'll have the CDs with us. <laughs> I've got my fingers crossed, but yeah, everything's <laughs> been approved now, and um. They're in process, so I'm hoping they get printed in time. What can we expect to hear in that gig at Wang? It's all my original music. Some of the songs have have singing on them, not all of them, so Josh will be coming on and off. Like wordless vocals, I suppose, in the in the sort of same vein as maybe the Pat Metheny group or Kurt Rosmichael, so sort of that voice to support the melody on the guitar kind of sound. The songs are very songish if that makes sense they're uh, they're kind of a little bit uh, folk influenced I, I suppose the writing on it some of it some of the more recent songs on it i feel like are influenced by the brian blade fellowship band which i really love and listen to a lot and i love his writing i love that sort of ensemble approach i guess that's where i'm at at the moment and i'd love to continue in that vein even more with writing and arranging to sort of keep working in that direction and come up with album number three yeah <laughs> yes although might need a little break after this one because it certainly is a lot of work after the tunes have finished and recorded even after that there's still so much to do a lot of effort involved in putting anything together yeah that's right mm. i mean yeah it's, it's just for anyone to see anything through it's really anyone who's put an album out is, should be really happy because it's so much work to actually finish it and it's lovely that you're getting to launch it at the wangrata festival of jazz and blues for more information about Fran Swin and her quintet at the Wangaratta Festival of Jazz and Blues, check out wangaratajazz.com. Fran, thank you so much for taking the time tonight to chat with me here on Bent Notes. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's been great to, to hear about your musical life and what's coming up next. My best wishes for a fantastic gig at the festival. Yeah, thank you very much. And yeah, I'll see you around. Certainly shall. My guest on Bent Notes has been guitarist and educator Fran Swin. You're listening to Joy 94.9. You've been listening to a podcast from Bent Notes. Join us live each Sunday night on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.